Let's see. That's a song that I think it might be called. Let's see. That's not it. Is that it? No, that is not it, Corey. That is not it. I'm not going to find it. Do you not know our band, Corey? Welcome to the American Outlaws Podcast. I'm a little thrown. Uh, oh, I already forgot the catchphrase, too. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone, to the American Outlaws Podcast, the soccer podcast, where we talk about soccer games and kicking goals. Welcome back. We want to talk about kicking goals, heading goals, your Clint Dempsey, your chest and goals, body and goals into the goal. We want to talk about all those goals. And any goals in between. <laughs> I'm completely thrown off because I couldn't find the right intro music. Yeah, it's a little bit more subdued because you didn't have the music, Corey. It's also subdued because it's 5 o'clock on a Tuesday and it's 30 friggin' degrees outside. I'm coming off my day job. That was very exhausting today. I'm fighting for every ounce of energy that I can bring to this podcast. And I'm making excuses nice and early. That's... The sign of a good podcast. We welcome you in. I'm Corey, as I mentioned. I am staring at Justin hey. Brunken from American Outlaws. And on the phone from the start, who does not know what he signed up for, is Ryan Rosenblatt, <laughs> Ryan Rosenblatt from California. <laughs> Ryan, what? thanks for joining up, us. Yeah, thanks man. for having me. Is it also 30 degrees and gloomy for the last week where you're at? No, it's it's a very chilly 65 degrees, and it is very difficult for us to bother going outside when the weather gets this awful. You're such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time it was 65 here? Uh, it's I been mean, a while. As Stain once said. The last time I actually ran <laughs> outside. <Yeah. laughs> I don't run anymore. In the winter, I just hibernate. I gave up on that. Because treadmills are ridiculous. I gave up on that shit. <laughs> 65 degrees sounds like such a unbelievable dream it's dark at 4 30 now it hasn't gone over 39 degrees here in a month or so i would say yeah at least since thanksgiving ryan i was where you were at not too long ago and i i, I finally brought my running stuff and i was out in like shorts and a t-shirt and there's someone running outside with a stocking cap get out yeah. of here yeah exactly i mean honestly I think that you're all ridiculous, any of you who run or go outside. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say, Ryan is not on this pod because he's an expert in running. Because if, I, if you follow Ryan on social media, and you should, uh, all I see is a lot of brown food. Like a lot of terrible, yeah. terrible food for you that looks delicious. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, like you go outside and there are bugs and wind and weather and people. <laughs> Or you can stay inside and eat good food and pet a good dog. You do have. I heard. I heard you went camping not too long ago, and you just were complaining the whole time. <laughs> no, no, no. I was complaining for the first two hours, and then I got drunk. <laughs> That's that sounds like camping. Yeah, it does. That is camping. For what sure. camping is? <laughs> okay. Well, we didn't have Ryan on to talk running. We didn't have Ryan on to talk camping. We had Ryan on to talk kicking soccer goals. Ooh. All right. Yeah, there's some news that just happened not too long ago that he might know some stuff about. Ryan's an expert in the soccer kicking goals world. Way more than us. We're excited to have him. Justin, I don't know if you follow the news. Mm -mm. No. Uh, for the last 14 months. Mm. But we've been looking for an identity. Hmm. Well, we found it. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, as everybody who's listening to this podcast knows, it's taken way too did long. Did we find the identity, Corey? Uh, I hope so. I think we did. Maybe we should ask Ryan. Oh, well, let's talk about... We haven't even discussed this, really. <laughs> no, not yet. The United States soccer men's soccer kicking team hired a soccer kicking coach. His name is Greg Berhalter. They hired him probably a week ago, yeah, two yeah. weeks ago. After an exhaustive 14-month vague search... Um, which they could have hired him 14 months ago, and it probably would have been him or one other guy. <laughs> I don't think I'm surprising anyone by saying that. I think everybody would have <laughs> we made We talked about this before, four. Corey. 
And uh, yeah, we, I guess we went through. Supposedly this. they made this whole bullet pointed list, and somehow they got that to 33 people, and then uh, got that down to two or three, and then someone made a four-hour presentation, and then they got their got their guy. Okay. Supposedly. Supposedly, 33 down to two. Uh, I'm going to summarize my thoughts on it. <laughs> In three words, I'm going to ask your three words, and then I'm going to go to Ryan for... No, your... how about you go to Ryan first? I don't know I have three words for this. Well, Maybe you don't want to hear my three words. I'll start with mine, and I'll go to Ryan. Upon announcement, expected, underwhelming, but I'm behind them. <laughs> Is that three words? No. It's probably five words. But I think it encapsulates it. Um, I'm behind Greg, Mr. Burhalter. I've never met him before. Uh, from what I gather, what I feel, I think, uh, he has, he, he has, he should have all of our respect and we should get behind him now cause there's no reason not to. And that's where I'm at right now. Ryan, what was your first impression of the Greg Burhalter announcement? So it finally happened. Um, it was exactly what yeah. we expected this entire time. Um, which like would be good if the reason we expected it is because the Federation did a really good job of laying out exactly what they were looking for. And he happened to fit it, except uh, what they were <laughs> looking for was Greg Burhalter, and they hired Greg Burhalter. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were looking for Greg Burhalter, and then they made uh, a bunch of bullet points or like said they had a bunch of bullet points to fit that. I, it felt, do, you, do you think that's the case, Ryan? It feels that way, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I really believe that there were definitely a lot of bullet points. Um, there were definitely more bullet points than managers considered. I don't know if there were more bullet points than months it took to hire the guy we all knew they were going to hire, but there were bullet points. I can confirm that. Yeah, even if you believe every everything that they put out, which, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and believe that they put out or they, they put together 33 bullet points and they had this exhaustive list and blah, blah, blah. Their process that they told us their process, uh, it completely favors someone that they had in mind the whole time rather than getting a wide array of coaches in there to talk with them and and hear what their thoughts are in the U.S. It's not like they were talking to 10 different people to come in and say, how would you take over U.S. soccer if you were a coach? What would you do? It wasn't like that at all. I feel like it was the whole the whole thing was was catered to it. it uh, sub- subconsciously or not, catered to, they they had a couple people in mind, and they put together a process with them in mind the whole time. And I, I don't know if it's disappointing or not. I think it kind of is. I, I would have liked to hear that they cast a wide net and got a wide range of ideas and then picked someone to go from there. But it doesn't feel like that's what happened. Yeah, I said on Twitter <clears throat> that, I mean, as a fan, I support the coach, and you should too. But I don't trust the process. Right. Yet. Is what I said. And so, like, as a fan, we have what we have now. It's just that's the coach that was selected and voted on on the board. So what what is current state right now with this coach and what the players think? And then also, like, what can we do about the fact that the process was kind of ridiculous and what can we go from there? I think those are the two points right now. Well, if you're looking – go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. I was going to say, I mean, I think – at large, though, the coach is kind of irrelevant here because, I mean, Greg Berhalter is a perfectly fine coach. I have no qualms with him being the coach of the national team. But, I mean, like, let, let's step back. Um, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. Uh, it exposed not holes with the coach. It exposed holes from the entire program on down, from the youth teams to the way that they hire coaches to who oversees the coaches to what they're looking for, to what kind of style you want to play to what the identity is. It exposed every single hole and their solution to it is hire a general manager um, that took uh, six months to hire one under a board that hired him. That was never clear on what they were doing or who they talked to. And then they don't do anything that addresses the youth team because the general manager gets no say over the youth team. And then he hires a coach, um, but the coach wasn't the problem. There was a much bigger problem than this. And so, I mean, if you're going to sit here in December 2018, more than a year after we didn't qualify for the World Cup, and say, 
what is the vision for the United States men's national team program and how have things changed over the last 14 months? What would your answer be? That That is what <laughs> I've been struggling with is I, I didn't watch every Greg Berhalter interview after he was announced. I watched, I watched the main press conference and I, I know he did a, a bunch of interviews and I, I don't know if, if Ryan or Justin, you guys had a chance to watch any of them, but I, I keep leaving with, uh, they keep talking about he's going to, he's, this is a guy with a process in mind. He's going to implement his process. But what, what is that style? What is that process? Like I, I, I keep coming out of articles I read and interviews I, I hear like, like I can't, like I can't pinpoint what, what his process is, what his style is, what he stands for. Like, I'm sure he does stand for something. I have no reason to believe that he doesn't, but I just I keep hearing about trust the process, trust the process, but I just don't know what the process is. Yeah, they you know, I I totally agree. That's a really good point, Ryan. Um like there's no consumable vision for us fans out there. All they have is a marketing thing. And this is coming from a marketing person by the way <laughs> about future is us. And then they had one slide I remember seeing that said like it's not if but when. And I I remember asking like why? Yeah, yeah. How? Like, there's how? Wh- how can you prove that to us fans and that if they're doing it's not it, brag about it? If yeah. you're doing it, brag about it. You've got good young players coming up. What are you doing that's producing those now? You you, you have some good stuff coming. Why not? Why not talk about what? Why? Why we have this good crop coming that wasn't all? We we haven't always had a good crop coming. What have we done different? What have we changed over the last five ten years that's producing these better players? Like let's brag about it and be open about about what it is that we're doing that is making the future so bright. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, I think even more than that though, and this is where I say where I mean, almost the coach doesn't matter here, at, at least not as his solution. Is that? I mean, Greg Berhalter likes to play a certain way with the crew, and that's fine. I think we've generally seen in international soccer because you don't play that many matches and there are long gaps between it and players go in form and out of form. And you don't really know what's going to happen. It's not so much to like, Hey, we have a style. Now we can play it. Cause it's, it's not a club team. You can't go out and buy all the players who fit exactly the way you want to mm-hmm. play. You kind of need to make it up as you go along. Right. And that's fine. Like that's the nature of it. Greg Burhalter may be good at that. He may not be good at that. We haven't seen him have to do that yet. I have <laughs> no reason to doubt him, but I mean, the point is, is, then let's sit back from that. The coach isn't the question. The question is, how do you intend to play and how do you intend to set this up so people are responsible for what is happening here? And I mean, if you're trying to predict this out to whoever the coach is, I mean, like, let's look at this group of young players who I really, really like. Uh, you're trying to figure out a midfield and Tyler Adams is really good and Weston McKinney is really good. And you have all these players that are really good. I mean, is Russell Canoose going to play? Is it going to be, is Christian Pulisic going to play on the wing or in the middle? All these things. Let's look at Weston McKinney. He's playing in the Bundesliga. He's playing in the Champions League. And we still have no idea what role he plays in the midfield because he's 20 years old and because that's fine. Like, that's the natural development of a player. But you can't pick a coach and be like, cool, now that we have the coach, you know exactly how we're going to play. You don't because we don't even know how some of these players play yet. Like, that's just not how this stuff works. The coach is not the issue. It's five steps back beyond that. And okay, Greg Berhalter has to figure it out. But what happens even if Greg Berhalter is great? Let's say we make the quarterfinals of the next World Cup. You got to hire a new coach. And then what's your process for hiring the new coach? Because what the hell are you trying to be? And then beyond that, what are you developing players at the younger levels to fit into what? And those are the things that you have to figure out. Because even if you hire a great coach, he's not the guy running the entire program. He's not running the the youth teams. He's not running the development academy. He's not going to be your coach forever. You need an actual system, and you need to be able to make something that's sustainable. And they didn't change anything from the team that failed. They just put some new names in there. This is the same program that failed to qualify for the World Cup with hopefully better names that could paper over those holes. Yeah, I I think I... Uh, less articulately, I think I said that in a previous podcast, which is like I, I tried to justify or think in my head why they justify taking 14 months to hire him. And I'm like, I'm hoping they put together a process and like a 33 point, you know, system or whatever. But then, okay, so let's say we get to the point we're at now and and Greg uh, fails miserably. I mean, God forbid, Greg fails miserably, right? Do they go back and they say, well, the process was fine, just the guy wasn't right? Or do they have to go back and 
and change the process entirely. Hopefully, they spent those 14 months putting together a process that if, if Greg doesn't work out, they can go back and say, this is the process, and we need to tweak uh, two of those 33 points and then hire a new person to fix it because this didn't go right and this didn't go right. I, I hope that that's what that 33-point list is, is a bunch of, a bunch of things that, are, that point to what we're thinking at the time when we hired this guy, and next time we have this thing that we live by and will live in perpetuity. Do you think that do you think that they don't have a plan or they don't think us fans are intelligent enough to understand a plan to tell us? The former. I don't think they have a plan. I mean, what we went through all this to hire a new uh president of US soccer and um his big move was to hire a GM. That's literally all he did and it took him months to tell us what the job or the process for hiring the GM was. Yeah. Like, that's all we have is, I mean, I, it, like, I feel the only reason I don't entirely believe this is because I think Ernie Stewart is too smart to take this job. But it really feels like they hired Ernie Stewart so they have someone to blame if it goes poorly this time. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, if it does go poorly, like, do you get rid of Ernie Stewart also and Greg Berhalter then because he picked him? Or I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to think that negatively. I, I feel like. Uh, I mean, let, let's put it this way. Say. Whether let's say we win the World Cup in four years or we fail to qualify for it again, huge success, huge failure. Um, who do you say uh, has done a really good job or a really bad job? Yeah, I mean, do you think I the federation's know. done if we don't qualify for the next World Cup? Because I don't think there's any coming back from not qualifying for another World Cup, We're, like two in a row. That's pretty. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I, like, think about I that. Just, if we lose, if we don't qualify for two World Cups in a row, like. It, what is the point? Yeah, we got a clean house at that point. Like, that is well, the only goal. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, just look at it. Who is, whether it's huge success or huge failure, who's responsible here? There is nobody where you're like, hey, these are the, this is the one person, these are the four people, these are the eight people, this is the system. We have no system of accountability anywhere in this federation at all. And, I mean, uh, look at it. They, fa they failed to qualify for the World Cup, and their big solution was to promote the vice president. That was their big solution. Um, and, and now we sit here again, if they're great or if they're terrible, like I'm not even saying it's going to go horribly. They make, let's say they win the world cup. Who do we say got everything right? Yeah. I don't know. Mm, I don't know who is, I don't know who's accountable here. I don't know who's being held responsible, who's in charge and who's laying these things out. I mean, like if, if you want to get into like the nitty gritty with the Greg Berhalter thing, one of the issues here is potential nepotism. Yeah, Jay Berhalter was the sport. Well, yeah, but now Jay Berhalter's not responsible because he moved from the sporting side to the business side. So who took his, who took his job on the sporting side? Couldn't tell you. So mm -hmm. even in their move to take away the view of nepotism, they left a gap of accountability again. Yeah. Um, it, it, did they ever say that Ernie Stewart filled that spot, the sporting side that Greg vacated? Or... I, th I guess I, I mean, always it, thought that Jay was only on the commercial side, but he would, I don't know. I, I know he, he has a lot of power there and he, ma he makes a lot of decisions, but I, I guess I always thought he was technically only on the commercial side. And that, that was I mean, the point in hiring Ernie Stewart was that he was now the all sport, all sporting guy. But I mean, but the problem is Ernie Stewart. I mean, like they've hate, they've said repeatedly, Ernie Stewart was, is not going to have complete, he doesn't really have any control over the youth teams. So you need to have somebody else there who is looking at the entire sporting side. Ernie Stewart is, has control of the senior team and then is another voice in the room for everything else. So who's in charge of the other stuff? Yeah. yeah so we're all fans here, right? So we're just fans. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Corey, Corey's there for the business side. <laughs> yeah. Corey's there for the business side. Okay, so me and Ryan are Big fans here. Fan. We're fans, and, our, and most of the people listening to this podcast are members and fans that travel to games and care about this team, and I'm sure they're grumbling at home. So it is what it is right now, despite you know what what sort of non-process or what they've done in the past and and failures. What as fans can we do now to, I guess, either help out the players or the team or this process or to make at least our team better? Like what what can the fans do? And what can we tell the fans now? I I kind of 
want to get to that, but I want to ask before we get to that, uh, what do you, cause, cause Ryan brought up the point, like what if, uh, they win the world cup or what if they, what if he's a huge success and they get to the groups or to the, uh, knockout rounds in the world cup and et cetera, et cetera. I, before we get to that, if you had to pinpoint, what is Greg Burhalter's ceiling as a coach? Like he, he's, he's not, he doesn't have a huge coaching resume of enormous success. Like he, he was good at, he's been good at Columbus, right? He's taken scant resources and put together a pretty good on the field product where they've made the postseason a few times in a row. Um, he was fired after a season and a half at Hammerby, if I'm correct, right? So he's this. This isn't a guy that's going to win the World Cup, I don't think, right? We we can't honestly think that. What is a, a reasonable ceiling for uh, for us, and what constitutes like success? Like I, I think qualifying for the next World Cup is the absolute minimum bar. That's maybe one thing we as fans, to your question, can do is set what the bar is for success, right? One of them would be qualifying for the next World Cup. One of them, for me, would be um, going into the Gold Cup this summer. And somebody somebody asked me what success looks like for Greg Berhalter, what I'm looking for. I think, I, th I think the first thing I'm looking for is at the Gold Cup that we go out with a our, every player on the field knows their role, knows their job, and we look organized, and everybody is is locked in and playing their hearts out. And those are, that's, those are the only two things I think you can really expect of him before the Gold Cup right now. I don't know. As, as a fan, you're asking what fans can do. I think setting, setting what success looks like from the fans' perspective might be an answer. What would your answers be, I guess, of what success looks like for this brand-new coach that we have? Great. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone smarter named Ryan to, to chime in. Okay, okay. I mean, I think I think that it's I think in general, I mean like like again, like let's a bigger picture look here. At the last World Cup which we were not in, um the coaches in the semifinals were Deshams, Martinez, Dalich and Southgate. Um none of which have ever been especially successful coaches previously in their careers. Great um, point. Great point. I think I think that if you look at it, I mean, look at 2006, we were a horrible failure because we didn't make it out of the group um, because we got unlucky. And if we get out of that group, we actually have a pretty solid run through the knockout stages. 2010, we got lucky. And then we had a chance to go to the semifinals because the draw opened up. But then uh, Tim Howard breaks a rib and we screw up and we blow it against Ghana. I mean, like, I think when you look at international soccer and you get into tournaments, so much of it is about luck. Yeah, um, I if, agree. if things break, if things break right for the U S we can make a semifinal. Um, the U S could also play pretty damn well and go out a group stage. So I think that it's hard to say this is a minimum expectation. How good can this team be? What is the ceiling? The ceiling's a semifinal and half of the reason they may make this, they may reach that ceiling is has nothing to do with how they play or what they do or what the coach does or any player does. Um, things get really dumb in international soccer. And like, that's super fun. Uh, unless it goes against you, then soccer is stupid. Um, <laughs> Every time that's a meaning wanna, of life as a sports fan. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to agree with you, but I want to disagree also. Like, yeah, there is so much luck involved, but the same uh, quote from rounders is why do you think the same 10 people make the final table of the world series of poker every, every year? It's not at a certain point you, you've eliminated, right. you've eliminated the uh, bandwidth of, of results. Like even on your bad day, you're going to win. And even on your good, in uh, on your good day, you're really going to stomp them. So you can eliminate a certain amount of luck to an extent if you right. have a really well-run organization. Right. But I mean, we're not going to be France, yeah. at least not in the next four years. Like we're not going to have that level of talent. We're not going to be able to, in my opinion, overcome their coach, not being that good. Um, that's just not a reasonable thing. Cause we're not going to have that level of talent. I, I mean, I would say that the, probably the most damning thing about the last cycle and not qualifying for the world cup is that was 10 matches over more than a year. Um, that is more indicative of how good you are than a tournament is. So we found out how good we were. We were really bad. So at a minimum, like, yeah, you make the World Cup. That I mean, make the World Cup and go in there competitive against any team in the world. 
And you know what? Hopefully things bounce our way. I, I think that's where we go into 2022 is you better make the World Cup and you better be competitive so that way you give luck a chance to be on your side. So what about I like, like, I like that? I, yeah. I agree. I agree. But what about like game to game to game? Like as a fan, when should like fans be like, dude, I'm getting excited. I love this. I'm positive instead of like grumbling when they leave the stadium every time. What should they expect well, game to game? Yeah. So that kind of leads me to the thought I had on the way over here was like, you and I might have talked about this, but like, there, part of me thinks they waited at, towards the end, like the last month or two. They were like looking at our schedule, and we had games against England, Italy, Peru, Colombia, and they're like, "We're gonna make this higher, and our brand new coach is gonna go in there with a young team and lose his first four games, and then we're gonna have to start all over because everybody's gonna be freaking out." Ooh, that yeah, that's so, a good point. That's exactly I, what happened. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I'm just throwing that out there. I have no knowledge that that happened, but it, I mean, it's I, possible. I, I can't really say, I mean, if say that's the case, I don't think it's the case. Say that's the case. Then the people who are in charge are really dumb because they scheduled those teams. (laughs) It was their choice to play them. (laughs) They could have, if that was their issue, just schedule worse teams. Like they get to control that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, we'll know when, when the January or the, I guess, do we know the March uh, friendly opponents yet? I don't think we do. Do we? Um, no, no, there, I think to, to, be, to, to be determined, right? We know one later. In we the know year. When, when they come <laughs> back in their Barbados and, uh, somebody else are like, Oh yeah, I think they're, uh, taking a easy victory path, but oh, we do have Panama and Costa Rica coming up. Yeah, we have that. And then we have like, what is it? Japan January just before the gold cup. Is that right? Japan. Before the Gold Cup, though, so March is still. <laughs> yeah, that w- yeah, that was rumored for sure. And there's another one rumored too that I don't want to mention on here. <laughs> Japan are pretty good, right? Yeah, Japan's getting better and better. That's a federation like putting a ton of effort in, and like uh, their fan base is growing, their teams just getting better. Yeah. But Japan's like pretty positive, for at least being yeah. an outsider. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they have their moments. I'm fine with them. They have some cool <laughs> players, and it's like as long as they have two cool players, like that works for me. I kind of okay. Ryan, name something that you are just excited about for the U.S. team. I'm getting a lot of uh, yeah, a lot yeah of- they're okay. This is okay. This process. I need something that's like I am positive. I'm excited for this in U.S. soccer. I have and mine. anything. I have mine locked in. Ryan, do I you mean have- on the. I mean, on the women's side, it's that we're good. I oh. like that. Well, women's side, is, <laughs> there's so much to be happy for on the women's side. Uh, I mean, on the, men's, on the men's side, like, we have a lot of, I mean, it's the same thing. We have a lot of really, really good young players. And, I mean, this is kind of the thing that I've kept saying where it, it's easy to get caught up in, like, how dysfunctional your federation can be, um, that you kind of just get down on everything. But, uh, like, as as I said, um the France Federation is rife with like racism and the Croatian Federation has a lot of uh, fascism and corruption issues. And the England Federation, everyone was saying was a complete mess three years ago. And, and those teams were playing in the semifinals of a world yeah. cup. Um, you don't need to have a great federation to have a lot of really good young players. If you have good young players, they're going to be really good, whether your federation is good or bad. Um, we have a lot of really good young players and, are we, is that mean that they're going to be really good for a decade? I don't know because they're 20 years old, but we've never had this many good 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds in the history of this national team. So like, I, is that going to make for a good team? I don't know, but it'll be fun watching them try and make it happen. Yeah. And not only are they good, they, they seem very hungry. Like they're, they're all moving to Europe. They're all really testing them or the vast majority of them. Moving oh yeah. There, really testing themselves. Um, Scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. That Josh Sargent scored with his first touch in the Bundesliga. That's, like, unbelievable. He also stole that goal, and I like that because I like that kind of selfishness. <laughs> I agree. Well, like, yeah, we anyway. need a little bit more of that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he's 17, and he's like, I don't care. I'm stealing this goal. It's mine now. <laughs> and I think any, yeah, any striker is, is going to, for no, for no amount of time think I'm going to let this go in. Like there's no doubt in his mind I'm heading this in, but he did immediately go over and help, help up the guy who did all the hard work. So that was good. 
Yeah, we're talking about Josh Sargent before. We don't have to get into this, but how he's like coming back to our goalie, bo- our goal box, just to play defense. And I was like, "What <laughs> are you, you doing? Did you got to go all the way to the other side of the field." Did you watch him was. when he subbed on? I mean, uh, he went on in that Ruder Bremen game, and he, w- I, I think he hit all four corners of the field before he scored that goal. <laughs> yeah. He was chasing the ball literally all over the field. It was amazing. Love it. Anyways, go ahead, Corey. <laughs> no, I. I that, that, that was my super exciting thing. I mean, the young players is obvious. And put a plug in. I mean, we we uh, hold U.S. soccer to task a lot on here. But, like, the Rising series, I, and I think we've talked about it on here, but that whole video series has – they have, like, what, eight-minute videos on each player. Not each player, but a bunch of the young players coming up, and they're super addicting. So if you have a free couple of days, you can go watch those back-to-back uh, if you don't want to be productive at life enjoyed those um but but there's like so we get this a lot with fans right there's two sides of this right because us as fans we support the players and the team that's what we're all about right we go there we love soccer we love u.s soccer we support the players but then we get a lot of people's like well i'm going there but i'm also supporting the federation that's like you said and if it's croatia they're corrupt and all this other stuff is like can you do both or is it only one or when do you support one or the other and how, that, how does this move forward and what is our role? It's super interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's – I mean, I haven't thought about this too much. I know. That's pretty deep. It's super deep. <laughs> no, I I think about that with my fandom of other teams. Like, where, what is your fandom of? Is it the players on the field? Is it the shirt they're wearing? Is it the coach? Is it the federation, the people who design the shirts? I mean, what is it that you love? I mean, you I mean, being a fan is being – a lot of things, but for me, I like the optimism and the being in for the ride through the ups and downs, and then hopefully the ups mean a ton to you. So, like, I'm here to call out. I'm, I'm here to support the players on the field if they're working as hard as they can and doing the, everything they can. I'm here to support the coach if the coach is doing everything they can. I'm here to support the federation if they're doing a good job and doing everything they can. And hopefully they all coincide in a life moment for me, you know, or something that I can super celebrate. And if not, then we can go through the times that we're going through right now, the deep lows, and then they'll make those high times worth it again, right? That's the point of being a fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. You don't have, I, to, like, you don't have to agree no, with no, me. That's the way I, I think of it. No, no, like, I mean, I kind of roll with the same thing, like, where, but, like, I mean, my thing is that I don't think anyone has an obligation to be a fan. Like, I feel like the whole idea that, like, oh, you're a bandwagon fan or, like, you weren't there when we were terrible or you didn't sit through this. Like, that's all that, – like, none of that matters. Like, you're, you, you're a fan for whatever reason you want to be a fan, and you're around whenever you want to be around. And if going to a game or watching your team play, like, if it doesn't make you happy, then you shouldn't do it. And, like, it's a different answer for every fan. Like, at some people, like – and I am one of these people – will sit through uh, two years of purgatory and be like, okay, I'm going to come out the other end. I'm going to enjoy it. For other people, they're just like, no, I'm out. Like, I'll see you if they ever get it together. Also perfectly fine. And, like, I think the whole idea that, like, you should be a fan this way or, like, this is what we have to do, it's all a bunch of gray. And do it however you want to do it. And I hope you have fun doing it that way because, I mean, that's why we're here is because it's supposed to be fun and we're supposed to enjoy ourselves. Right. And if you're not having fun and you're not enjoying yourself, then that like if, if that's the case for you, then you're doing being a fan wrong. Like the point <laughs> is you're supposed to do enjoy, enjoy it. However it is that you enjoy it, like if you're enjoying what you're doing, you're doing a good job of being a fan. Being a fan wrong. That's exactly the type of thing I would expect out of you, Ryan Rosenblatt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I agree. I, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so what was the thing I was going to say? I lost it. Oh, um, the amount of time it took to hire the coach. Uh, some people would, or I think some people might argue that he, uh, so, so it took 14 months to hire a coach. We probably could have hired that coach in a couple days. <laughs> we probably realistically could have hired him in six, seven months with everything in place, right? Um, what was going on six, seven months ago that in U.S. soccer that Greg Berhalter missed out on had he been coach? Like, we were playing six, seven months ago, we were playing the Mexico game in Nashville, the Brazil game at MetLife, 
uh, in Tampa, in Hartford, against Peru, Colombia. Do you, uh, go ahead. I mean, I would say this. If I think it's it's a two part thing. One, why did it take so long to hire Ernie Stewart? And then two, then why does it take so long to hire Greg Berhalter? Let's say we make both these hires in April, three or what do we at that? Two months after um, the election. Carlos Cordero is the president. Say you do it in April. You're talking about a full summer, and you're talking about three FIFA dates that stretch 11 days. Um, if you want to math it out, then come the 2022 World Cup, that's about 10% more training time. I mean, that makes up about 10% of the training time. So that's not insignificant. Yeah. That's to the – well, that was a weird sound. Sorry. <laughs> Something's going on here at the studio. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> uh, to the World Cup, you're right. To the Gold Cup, I would say, we have like – what three three windows between now and the gold cup so really my my whole thing of we should judge greg burhalter on what what the team looks like at the gold cup might even be unfair in that what do we have the the january camp the march friend the march fifa friendlies and the friendlies leading into the gold cup is that the only three times he has with these players i think it is right yeah, and so the European players he will have for 11 days before they put together the Gold Cup roster. <laughs> so, so from that perspective, I mean, if you put stock in the Gold Cup, and I do, and I think uh, you kind of have to because it's one of the few meaningful competitions that we play in, we've, he lost a lot of valuable time with, with the team by, by waiting this long, which is, which is disappointing. So I was... Or even if, if you don't care about the Gold Cup, put it this way, um, he will, if you want to say he was hired back then, by the time World Cup qualifying starts, he will only have had half the training time that he could have had if they'd have hired him before the summer. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So, but it's fine because it World way. Cup, it's fine. World Cup qualifying is easy. We never have a problem with it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> we would have said that uh, not too long ago, but uh, unfortunately, that is not the case. So, he he did a presentation I, I read for four hours uh, for this job. You oh, think yeah. that he I've had? Heard that too. I, I've never done a presentation that long before. I told that's you that's absolutely like, crazy. Can so you imagine having the time to put together a four-hour presentation for a job that you're being interviewed for. Yeah, and <laughs> and so you think you'd have out of four hours have the whole world and this whole U.S. soccer thing solved? Maybe he does. Uh, you think he does after four hours, but Ryan, can you? Uh, Give us a synopsis of the four-hour presentation that you think he would have had <laughs> in uh, a few minutes. Give us a four-hour synopsis of the four-hour plan that he has. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start my best players. And you know what? That's a huge change. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's perfect. Yeah, uh, that was like 10 seconds. It didn't take four hours. That was, that was perfect. I think we got to take a break. Uh, sound good? Yes. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got in deep there. Really appreciate it. We can talk about something yeah, sure. other than Greg Burhalter. There's a lot going on in the U.S. soccer world. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. the soccer podcast where we talk about soccer games and kicking goals we are joined again by Corey, justin and ryan rosenblatt is on the phone gentlemen how did you enjoy your break we got we got into a bit of a we got into a bit of a additional discussion about uh mr burr halter in the break i recorded it for blackmail (laughs) i will be playing it later i am not 
<laughs> What'd you say? Sorry. I am not owned. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we love about you, Brian. In general, I um, uh, if we could just wrap up our first 40-minute uh, rant session. Uh, in general, the process was very flawed. Uh, I have no reason not to get behind Greg Berhalter. I'm excited for the future of our young players, and in Greg I trust for the time being. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. You sound good? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, great. Let's sure. do it. What's next, Corey? <laughs> What's next then? Well, guess well before we go to the women's World Cup draw, which just happened and is exciting. Uh, I believe you were at the the two games that happened since our last game. You were at one of them. I was correct? at one of them. Yeah. Were you in Gank? I was in Gank, Belgium, for the U.S. Italy game. Yeah, no idea why I was in Belgium, but you have no uh, idea. I mean, I've heard rumors that uh, the Italy fans just don't even want to attend games against Italy, but I think that was just like a rumor. I heard that too. I don't I understand if, I if that was true or not. Um, no one ever tells us anything. But uh, nonetheless, unless Ryan knows, he can speak up. But nonetheless, the game was in Genk, Italy, or Genk, Belgium, Genk, Belgium against for Italy. U.S. versus Italy. Um, Before that was the 3-0 drubbing, as they say. By yeah, that the, was brutal to watch. They were both kind of pretty tough to watch, in my opinion. Uh, our goalie, Horvath, uh, had a killer of a game, and that was all we were cheering about uh, in the stands yeah. in Belgium because he was like, he did that was good. the whole game. He did basically. look good. Where does he play? Ethan Horvath? Does he play in – he plays in Europe, right? Ryan, do you know the answer to that, where Horvath plays his yeah. club ball? Yeah, Horvath plays for Club Bruges, and he's actually playing really well. He just had a clean sheet in the Champions League the other day. He's he's actually, you know, figuring it out now. Oh, that's right. He yeah. knows everything. That's why I asked him. We need to have him on every podcast. See, on Veep, do you watch Veep on HBO? I used yeah. to. <laughs> Ryan does. <laughs> he he gets to fu- you used to be funny. <laughs> used to be. I, I guess I'm not to the. I'm not entirely caught up, but uh, yeah, she keeps <laughs> she keeps hiring really brilliant people and then she wants a ton of credit for hiring her she hired one brilliant person as her running mate and she's like didn't i do a good job hiring him that's right <laughs> didn't i do a good job getting ryan rosenblatt on this podcast he knows everything hey hey cory it was primarily justin he texted me. that is true Corey. i tell Thanks justin what to do and you know it and i know it <laughs> yeah. now justin tell me right now about the u.s men's national team against italy and gank <laughs> How was the section? Was it fun? The section was a lot of fun. Heck yeah, we had uh, a good crew of people. Uh, a good. We actually were housed in and staying in Brussels actually because it was a, it was a quick three-hour drive basically a bus drive from Brussels to uh, Ghent because there's nothing in Ghent. It is uh, like an industrial town. Uh, I can't believe they got it on such short notice. <laughs> <laughs> it, the stadium's awesome, and actually their team's the top of the league actually in Belgium. Really? Yeah, Ghent. Uh, stadium's fantastic and good crew is awesome. So, uh, we had a fantastic crew. Uh, we had a whole bus uh, of, of AO members heading to the game. It was awesome. We probably had a hundred in the stands. It was really Maybe a little short. bit more. That's impressive because it was really short notice. Yeah. It took and forever to announce that game for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, uh, just meeting people from all over the country the night before, uh, meeting people uh, the day of in the stands. Uh, we met uh, a lot of Italy fans, too, that were fantastic. I mean, those away games are some of the best you can go to. It's just positive vibes no matter what, especially the friendlies. Uh, sometimes in tournaments, man, it's like just ner- you're a nervous a wreck. Sense. But uh, there you can just kind of enjoy it and, and see where our team's at. And I don't know, man. I don't know where our team's at right now because it's hard to tell with, like, uh, you know, David as the interim coach and uh, some of these <laughs> young players not knowing what's uh, how to play together necessarily. But uh, Italy definitely looked better than us, and England definitely looked better than us. Just a touch, yeah. No, it, they were both so hard to watch. I, I It felt like men against boys, in my opinion. Both of them did. But uh, not to be too negative, but yeah, thanks Dave Sarakin for doing – I guess we haven't really talked about that on the pod, but thanks to Dave Sarakin for putting in an honest shift in, in a not-so-great situation. He was kind of thrust into a tough situation where – you know, it's probably the dream. You know, it's got to be his dream job, and he's kind of put in there with the interim tag, just like Bob Bradley was a while ago, and he took the high road and didn't play for the win. He played for the long-term future by playing young guys and doing what what what's best for 
for the future of U.S. soccer, I, in my opinion, anyway. So thanks, Dave uh, Sarakin. Really nice guy, well-respected. I, we met him one time. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah, we saw him at uh, uh, was at the AO Hotel before a January camp game, I remember, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, He's uh, legitimately one of the nicest people there ever was. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, yeah, he's uh, maybe he's too nice. <laughs> I don't know. I think, like, all, all things considered, he did an okay job. He called in the young kids. He let them play. And it worked out relatively well, considering how much of a mess it was until the England game, where I think it was abundantly clear that, like, oh, man, it's way better when your players have, you know, yeah. a plan. Yeah. I just wish. That's so correct. I, I wish we could just get honest conversations with some of these players. I, w- I would love to just, you know. So ex-players are for. <sighs> Yeah, but they yeah, don't. I mean, but they don't give the Michael honest Parker, conversations of the current situation. Yeah, I don't know. Michael Parker's comments, I think, were revealing, where he said that uh, the biggest issue for Greg Berhalter will be getting players to um, actually want to get take a call up and not feel like it is a drag to have to go play for the U.S. anymore. And I don't think that yeah. that seems really unlikely. That and like Michael Parker's is a pretty straightforward guy, and I don't think he's like pushing any agenda here i mean he clearly knows a lot of players who play on this team he some of them are on his atlanta united team i mean i think that's what he's hearing from the guys who are and uh i think that pretty much says all of it i mean and and pulisic said the same thing when he was in europe that it's important that they get a coach in there with a plan who puts them on a direction I, i mean i think that by november it was clear from current players and former that they were completely fed up with the 14 month waiting period oh yeah couldn't agree more you could mm. hear it in Pulisic's voice in my mm. opinion yeah so <sighs> interesting times <clears throat> all right so we got through the coaching decision we got through the two games that are somewhat forgettable other than the off the field fan stuff because yeah man the the AO family's real in those away games too if you have any chance please get out to those away games or any game really because it's all about the people and the in the fans but we got through those okay Yep. Positive. Well, Ryan said the women's team, the draw. The women's World Cup draw was. Oh shit! I had it in front of me. By Megan. Uh, it was on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We got Sweden. We got Chile. And we got Thailand. And we got uh, Reims. I, I took four years of French in high school, so let me <laughs> talk down to you about how these are pronounced. Reims, Paris, <laughs> Le Havre. I think that's right, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can you? What was? Again, I've never heard of it. Reims, Paris, <laughs> Le Havre against Thailand, Chile, and Sweden. We're excited. Tour de four. <laughs> I hate myself so much. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's going to be exciting, though. It's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, hell we yeah. got a very favorable draw. Uh, uh, Except for the only team wise. that's ever beat that has beaten us, like no, I mean travel wise. Oh, travel wise. Yeah, we have a lot of short distances. I to feel travel. like they did that on purpose. Is it random? You think they heated that's up another those conversation. balls? The, that was the French coach that drew <laughs> that, right? Uh, uh, the guy I had previously mentioned, whose name I can't think of right now. Uh, you're, you're telling me that they microwave those balls before they put them I think in there. So. And they said you got to pick up the hot one last. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's another conversation. No, it's not. It's this one. (laughs) (laughs) Where else are you going to talk about it? It's a perfect place. Uh, Yeah, we got a super. It is a perfect draw for uh, having U.S. fans going to places where a lot of people don't want to go to, other than Paris. A lot of people go to Paris, but however you pronounce it, Reimses and La Havre. Reims and La Havre. (laughs) There's not too many tourists that I want to go out there, so I think it's going to be good that they're going to have a lot of U.S. fans there. I think think it's. It's France. It's got wine and bread. I don't care where it is. Oh, for sure. Their food and their wine and their cognac is so delicious. It's if you drink enough mash. wine, it <laughs> if you drink enough wine, it doesn't matter what city you're. Yeah, La Harvara is gonna look exactly like Nice after a few glasses of cognac. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed. It'd be a lot cheaper actually. In South, in South France. I've uh, I've never been to France. Um, I was kind of hoping there'd be stuff in South France because. I hear a lot about it, 
I I don't know much, and I wanted a reason to go. But our whole group's gonna be in the north, basically everything I, to like the until we get to Lyon, basically in the semi and final. Yeah, I, I've been in the south of France. It's a lot like Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what Ryan's I, right. Don't worry about it. There's nothing to miss out down there. The Lyon is like awesome. I think it's better in Paris. So yeah. that's semi and final if you can get out there, and we're gonna be there. We're in Lincoln now, so why would we even leave if it's the same thing? We're already living in paradise. I mean, we have the beaches and 65-degree weather right now. That's right. 65 degrees Celsius. So I, don't know, I don't know conversions. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we got easy travel. Uh, we got a very winnable group. Sweden's going to be tough, but uh, they well, we tied them uh, four years ago in the World Cup. They Are they the ones that beat us in the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The only time we haven't made it to uh, the semi in any major tournament. Right, which is insane and awesome. Listen, Sweden hasn't been that great the last couple of years. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, me too. We are, with the way we our team has looked, we have looked unstoppable. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Let's keep it up. Yeah. I mean, I know it's been three years since we played the major tournament, but Sweden played one two years ago. They got their butts kicked by the Netherlands, and they lost to Italy. So, hey, maybe they'll be a new team and really good by the summer. But as of right now, the last two years are unimpressive. Yeah, I agree. There's no way they can re- uh, reinvigorate themselves before next summer. We got Greg Berhalter. He's the only one who can do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> to turn things around that quick. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. <laughs> he's the only one out there that could possibly do that. <laughs> I hate to go back to it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Had to be said. Yeah, so I, I'm super excited about the World Cup. Great I think work. it's going to be fantastic. Um, I think... For, for, good. No, go ahead, Corey. No, I was going to put in a shameless plug for the American Outlaws travel package. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, we have a travel package for every single game there. Make it easy on you as a fan to Yeah, go. packages aren't for every fan out there. No. But for those that don't want to worry about anything, they just have to get to France and just worry about being a fan, we're there for you. Yeah, and want to hang out with other U.S. fans and see a beautiful, beautiful country. Low stress. Yeah. That's the place we go. We'll have events there for everyone. Uh, tickets are also there, hopefully available for everyone. <laughs> we'll have details coming out soon. I think they're going to be available December 17th, right? Yeah. On our end. We're put, we put out some FAQs today. Um, it's a little in flux the way the semis and finals are going to work for tickets, but... Uh, yeah, Ryan, I just realized we're not talking close to the mic at all, so hopefully you can hear us. Um, yeah, so w- w- uh, watch watch for tickets, but it's it's ticket sales, from what I hear, in France are high, higher than expected, not just for U.S. games, just in general, which is awesome. But if you're thinking of going to France, I would put your uh, planning into overdrive and, and get on it, kind of, so... If you're an American Outlaws member, we got you covered. Ticket sales on December 17th. Um, if you're a member, watch for that email. Snap them up. You should be you should be fine. I think we got plenty for AO members. Yeah, you should just probably, you know, just calendar off the whole month, you know, of June and a little bit of July because I know you. You can get to both the Gold Cup and the Women's World Cup. You can do both. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> we, <laughs> Uh, I was gonna make you a just get you got airways <laughs> joke, but there's no. <laughs> it's gonna be a little complicated. But you can get to every single game out there, and very expensive. Yeah. But what's it? I mean, so yeah, we have two big tournaments uh, for the first time in a long time at the same time, Corey. Yep, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be crazy. Um, is it? Is the final still I'm on the same day? I'm gonna quit my job the month. The final still on the same day, right? Uh, That's a controversy. I don't know. That's. That's the kind of fact that I look to the guys like Ryan Rosenblatt and Donald Wine for for those. Do you know Ryan is the Gold Cup final and the Women's World Cup final still scheduled the same day? Or are they going to change that also? Like they oh changed? no, what? nope. It's on the it's on the same. Sure day. is the seventh. FIFA, FIFA will always FIFA it up. <laughs> that, I I just think that is ridiculous. Blows and my mind. again, they never they don't tell us why. It's not. Of course they know they're on the same day. Well, this they came out and they said, guys, we're so excited to announce this is going to be so awesome because we have them both the same and day. And this is why. We're altering the times because we know everybody should be watching both. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't think that they... Even, even if that's a reason, it's I don't think it's, it's a, a good, good idea. 
but listen, I, I'm just saying it's it's not a coincidence that the finals are on the same day, the tournaments are at the same time, and both of them are on the Fox networks. It's just really nice to advertise one in the morning for the other at night. Yeah, that's probably true. Cost savings isn't a reason to do something. It's not cost <laughs> savings. It's free promotion. It's what? It's free promotion. So when you watch the Women's World Cup in the morning, they can tell you to watch the Gold Cup at night. I know. That's cost savings. <laughs> it's pretty nice living on the cloud over there, Justin, where cost doesn't even play in, bro. I know. I always I always say, like, oh, that's all right. I, I still think it's a bad idea. It's like, what's... I would love to do both. I think they both deserve their own day, their own promotion, uh, what they do. I think the women deserve their own promotion and not yeah. an afterthought to what a Gold Cup could be in this country. Um, you mean you don't have four hours or is it the Gold Cup? Or is the Gold Cup the afterthought from the Women's Final World Cup? I, I have this – well, does, does CONCACAF have the final say on the Gold Cup scheduling or is that FIFA? I don't know the answer to that. I think it's CONCACAF has – CONCACAF does, but FIFA could tell them what to do if they really wanted to. Yeah. Well, either way, we're going to be in the final of both. So it's Hell insane. yeah, we are. Now, do we Just know... Think of it this way. You can go to France, you can watch us win the World Cup, and then seven hours later, wine drunk, you can watch us win the Gold <laughs> Cup. <laughs> Wait, no, what... The- Okay, so if what you're in France, you if you're, in no, you, if right? you're watching the game in France, uh, Women's World Cup, it's going to be, what, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. for the Gold Cup final? Yeah, but you just won a World Cup. You're not asleep <laughs> anyway. Touche. Touche, my friend. That is Sub a good point. Juliet. Just don't, do not, for any advice out there for fans, do not schedule a Brian Hexel early morning, 6 a.m. flight after the World Cup final. Because yeah. <laughs> you need to be watching the Gold Cup. And when the men win the Gold Cup, do we even know if they go to the Confederations Cup? Is that even a thing? I don't know the answer to that. Ryan, do you know? It, it, are there... I are there perks to winning the gold cup this year for the well, is there to be, even a confederations cup if we win this year it's supposed to be to the confederations cup because we won the last one but who knows if there's the federations yeah, cup no one yeah. knows it, it it's in theory there is still a confederations cup and if we win it we go to it but um, that's not confirmed because we I, don't know if they'll have stadiums I believe that theory well didn't they talk about no they talked about moving it so it's it was yeah. it was going to be in another country Mm. why they do the yeah. club world cup right in Qatar. Yeah. so it's in theory yes in practice question mark where was the where was the country they're going to move it to the confederations cup if they did it uh i don't remember oh yeah i read something about that gary indiana <laughs> that's what i heard yeah. it, i mean it wasn't like saudi arabia it wasn't clo- it wasn't a country close to qatar it was like uh i mean it definitely can't be saudi arabia seeing as they have like, you know, military conflict right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Most of those countries around uh, <laughs> Qatar aren't uh, very much suitable to hold a Confederations Cup. <sighs> yeah. Interesting. I have to look that up after this. But the, Listen, we all yeah. came into this podcast hoping for a nice hour off, and we're all leaving with homework. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Working out exactly as a podcast should. Fantastic. Is there any other expectation other winning the World Cup for our women's team? I think if we make the final, I think if we make the semifinal, we've done our job. Like Ryan said, there's a lot of luck that comes in after, about that point. That that's the. You're disproving your point that you just made earlier in the podcast, no, I Corey. I'm made. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, there's what? There's like, I mean, there are four really good teams, and then there are three more other good teams that are a step down, like we could play really well and lose to any of them if things go their way. Like you mm-hmm. give yourself the best chance possible and hope that um, someone else gets drunker than you. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen, I haven't analyzed the, all the groups yet. Is it, does it uh, come out to a, a USA France final? Ooh, if we both win USA our Fra- it would be a USA France quarter final. If we both win our groups. Oh, it'd be a quarter final. Quarter final? Yeah. Oh. oh, so they definitely didn't, uh, they didn't heat up those. They didn't heat up those balls at all because yeah. that doesn't make sense at all. Stupid. Yeah, I can't believe they aren't corrupt enough to make sure that I'm it's sure not something a USA France final. I'm sure something will change. They changed <laughs> the date of that one game, or the was it the date or the location? Location this, and date. The location and date of a game that's been on the schedule for what a year now? Isn't that right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Weird. Super weird. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like they yeah. could have had In- someone for that. 
<laughs> That's their only job. That was your only job. Yeah. Your one job. Or you think the organizers in, in that city would be like, uh, hey, guys, something's <laughs> wrong here. Like, we have a contract that says this date, but it's actually this date. I don't know. What All right. Say, Ryan, sorry. Well, I was going to say, in theory, if everyone that is supposed to wins their group, the road to the final would be uh, Spain, France, England. Spain, France, England. Spain's not too great. They're they're pretty overcomable, yes? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of young talent and have been dominating the youth level, so it's just a question of how long it'll be before those people grow up. That's a tough road, though. So we'd meet yeah, some what, of our, Germany in the final, probably. That's a good point. A lot of our our women's like uh, youth teams haven't been dominating. Really? Like they used to. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. They've been terrible. And yeah. it's fine, though, because they're going to hire a general manager who has no <laughs> control over oh, yeah. the youth program. I forgot about the general manager they haven't hired for the women's team yet. Oh, boy. All right. When who do has we... no control over the youth program, so this should fix it. Do they have a do they have a date or a timeline mapped out at all for hiring the women's GM? I'm sure they'll give you a timeline after they hire someone. <laughs> that was, we that had was. it narrowed down to three thousand people, and we took a jump down to eleven, and now we're down to two. All right, guys, this has been a pretty just deep and just into it sort of podcast. What let's leave on like one positive that we're looking forward to as fans. <clears throat> Nebraska basketball. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> no. We're ranked for the first time in four years. This is a soccer podcast that we talk about oh, soccer. Court. Sorry, wrong podcast. Uh, I mean, the young guys is the obvious one. I am excited for Greg Burhalter's no nonsense. Like, I have a vision. I, I get the feeling that he is going to push these guys and they're going to. If, if if what they're looking for is is a guy with a plan, they got it, and I'm I'm hoping that that is exactly the uh, ointment that w- that is needed for you, the U.S. Soccer Men's Team. So I'm excited to see uh, him with a very clear plan come in and try to push the players to uh, get on board. Ryan, I mean, besides the fact that we actually have a coach, and I think he's plenty capable and competent uh he wears really nice sweaters and so i'm kind of into that yeah he does look solid on the sideline for sure (laughs) u.s soccer's i'm doing their job for him right now but they should have a store page that's just greg's sweaters like a greg sweater collection like you remember i mean remember who says you you guys can't sell your own sweaters with an ao logo on it talk to me now you're talking do you think they allow him to wear that what an ao sweater yeah no, are you insane? No. I know. You really think they'd let him do No, that? I know. I just I just thought I would ask, Corey. I knew the answer. I just I feel like the question had to be asked. It means too much. Did Ziggy Schmidt, I guess he wore like a, it was just a team scarf. It wasn't the uh, ESC, I don't say, ECS uh, yeah, scarf. Yeah, I think he's worn something like that before. He, he wore oh, a, yeah. just a Seattle scarf. It wasn't a. No, it was a supporters group way, scarf. Which, by the way, I think he's in the hospital right now. So best thought or thoughts and prayers or whatever. But right? I don't know. Yeah, it, it was the whatever that was especially touching to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very warm and fuzzy type guy. I don't know if you know that about me. I'm ask my family how good I am in very. Uh, you know, emotional settings. I'm I'm just really. Corey, good I need with, you to. I'm really good with emotions and warm fuzzies. Can you like if, if okay if I died? <laughs> what what is my what is my <laughs> what is your eulogy for my funeral right now, Corey? Uh, That's all right. Uh, Justin <laughs> lived the way he wanted. Thoughts and prayers and whatever. Uh, meet me at the bar where we'll drink. PBRs and bowl a few strikes together. Oh, I'm okay with that. I like that, Corey. Thoughts and prayers and whatever. Cheers. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you can't put me on the spot like that. That's tough. <laughs> That's my job, Corey. Uh, I'm excited. That there's just actual games that matter uh, that are coming up, and it's for both teams. Six months away. <laughs> Hey, it's more than it's better than what a year and a half for the men's. And yeah, we've done the hard work. Oh, we're two thirds. Honestly, it was a year and a half for the women's too, because yeah, there she believes in tournament of nations and 
I guess, qualifying in, in CONCACAF. But yeah. really, like... But I mean, qualifying was the literally the easiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just glad that there's just games that, like, make make me nervous and make me excited as a fan, yeah. honestly. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. I'm excited to lay out uh, another YouTube goal announcing game next next podcast i didn't have time to put one together today oh we got that again well we don't i haven't done it done anything for it <laughs> but i just had the idea and i forgot that i was going to do that have you written down any more game ideas on this on no. that notepad of yours okay you still got the one game I idea got the one game. no okay. i'm, I'm going to tweak it a little okay a little better all right i'm always improving okay yeah so let's wrap this bit up. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts and prayers and whatever. Corey, that would actually have been fine because you haven't cussed at all this whole <laughs> podcast and it's been quite amazing until right there. Is so, that right? Yeah, I appreciate that. a better person these days. Yeah, good for you, Corey. Ryan Rosenblatt, thank you so much for calling in and lending uh, credence to our podcast and knowledge and uh, thoughtful, thoughtful insight. Thanks for calling yeah, in, Ryan. Thanks. Yeah, especially thanks spending a whole hour. Whatever. What'd you say? <laughs> Thanks for having me or whatever. <laughs> God, I feel like such an ass. Uh, I feel bad. Apologies to the Ziggy Schmidt family, honestly. I did, I, uh, I'm not good in these situations. <laughs> My face is so red right now. Much like it was during the YouTube game last week when I spilled a beer <laughs> trying to announce this. I'm going to be a podcast on this. Corey got embarrassed, so we appreciate it. Listen, doggy poop at this job as I've been over. Ryan, very, very seriously, thank you for being on. Great. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Thank you.